Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. My name is Jordan Bivens, um, and what peace means to me, it's like, I don't know, I kind of think about like how they, people say like the calm before the storm. You do have like something going on in your life, but you can still feel that like peace, like the, the presence of God, that just he's proven his faithfulness over and over again, and that no matter what it is in life, that like God is always there. Trust him and know that that peace is gonna be there with you, whatever storm you may be facing or walking through. Scripture is always a practical way for developing peace, um, just growing closer to God, being able to experience the Holy Spirit and, and just sense His peace easier. There's way too many to be able to go through, but some of my favorites were uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in the world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Uh, and then also John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Good morning, everybody. My name is Brandon Billups. I'm the College and Adults Pastor here. It is good to be back with you guys today. Welcome back, college students who are back in the room, most of you up there. We're so glad you guys are back in Nashville, back at school, back at church. It is great to have you guys. I should also mention um, that we have Thrive, our young adults programming, starting tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. We're going to have Five Points Pizza. It's going to be great. We're doing something called Thrive Live, which we're only going to do three times this semester. So live band. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't miss it, 7 o'clock tomorrow. But um, that's enough selfless promotion for this incredible ministry that you should not miss out on. We are in a series called Fresh Fruit. And, and I love that it's called Fresh Fruit because I, I, I love the term fresh, right? Like it is, it's not because fruit can go sour, right? It can, it can go bad. And, and I think sometimes maybe believers can get a little bit sour too. And some of you like know who I'm talking about. Don't point at anybody. Um, but like this is when like in churches, um, people start arguing or, and like churches split over like what color the carpet is going to be in the sanctuary. Um, or, or like it's all about, man, the music has to be this way because this is how I like it, or we have to do things this way because this is how we have always done it, and it's just become this all about me. It's this internal focus, and it just feels like maybe it's gone a little bit 
sour, but we're talking about fresh fruit, fruit from the Holy Spirit, right? And we've talked about love, we've talked about joy. Today we're going to be covering peace. Um, I think we could all agree we would all like a little bit more peace um, in our lives. I do want to remind you this is the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits of the Spirit. And why that is important is because that means if you are a believer, you have access to the power of all of these, right? There's no like, oh, God did a really good job giving me joy, but man, he did not give me any peace. No, like you have access to the power of all of these um, different fruit um, that the Spirit brings us. And, and, And we get more fruit not by working on each of these things, not by doing, oh, here's the 10 steps to have more joy. Here's all the things I need to do to have more, like whatever it is. No, in fact, it's the more you connect with God, the more you draw near to God, the more that you walk in the spirit, the more the fruit just starts to grow in your life, right? It's like if you look like a a fruit tree, like how do you know an orange tree is an orange tree? By the fruit. How do you know a believer is a believer? By the fruit in their lives. But it happens by the more we connect with God, the more fruit we start to see in our lives. So my hope for myself is that in 10 years, uh, my, my fruit is looking, is better than it is now. There's more fruit on the tree than there is now because this is a lifelong process. So we're going to be diving in today to peace and what that looks like in our lives. Let's pray and then we're going to dive into God's word. God, thank you so much for who you are, that you are a good God, that you love us. Um, God, thank you for your Holy Spirit, that this isn't about what we do, but it's about you and what you have done and the fact that you have given your spirit to be with us, to guide us, and, and to give us these things so that we can shine to the world. God, I pray today, God, that you would just speak through your word to all of us, including myself, God. God, let me get out of the way and you just speak. It is in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, our key verse today is Isaiah 26.3. Here's what it says. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So you can see that very first line, you will keep in perfect peace. I did a little digging on this, and in Hebrew, the term here for perfect peace is actually shalom, shalom. And in Hebrews, repetition communicates intensity, right? So it's not just shalom, peace. It's shalom, shalom, perfect peace. And this is different from the peace of the world, right? Like, like I'll give you an example. In the world, like if we're thinking of what is peaceful and what brings us peace, like something that might come to your mind, it's just this beautiful ocean. It's peace and quiet, and the waves are rolling in, and there's a seagull up above. That's what they sound like. The kids didn't come on this vacation. It's just peace. Now, that's not perfect peace. That's just a peaceful situation, because then you know, what happens when a storm rolls in, when something else happens, like, it's just peace for a moment. Like, I'll give you another illustration. Um, one of the times I am able to find peace in my house is when I am up early in the morning, and I'm drinking coffee, and the house is dark, and it adds some rain coming down outside. It's just so peaceful, drinking that coffee. 
until my kids wake up. And then that peace is shattered. <laughs> it's gone. Why? Because the peace that we're looking for in this world is, is so finite, it's so fragile, it's so temporary, but perfect peace is so much bigger than that. It's so much further above our circumstances and, and what is going on in our lives. We're going to get into more of that later. The next part of that verse, right, it said, you will keep in perfect peace. The next part, those whose, those whose minds are steadfast. Another version would say, those whose minds are stayed on you. Those whose minds are stayed on you. So we're trusting in his plans, putting our own things aside so that we can keep our eyes on Jesus. So what robs us of our peace in a very broad sense when we take our eyes off of Jesus would be the answer when we're taking our eyes off of him. Maybe you remember the story of Peter walking on water, right? So Jesus is walking towards the boat um, and the disciples are terrified. They think it's a ghost, and then Jesus tells them it's him, and he's walking, and Peter's like, hey, if it's you, then let me walk out on the water to you. And so Jesus is like, yeah, come on. And so Peter steps out of the boat, and he is walking towards Jesus, and he has his eyes on Jesus. And we know he has his eyes on Jesus because he takes a couple steps, and then the Bible tells us that he started to put his eyes on the wind and the waves and the storm, and the lightning, and all the other things. And what happens? He begins to sink. And Jesus is right there to save him. So we, we do this too, right? Like, like I, I don't, like, I look at Peter, I'm like, this is amazing that you walked on water at all, because we all do this, take our eyes off of Jesus and put them on all the things around us, all the distractions, all the storms, all the struggles, all the, like everything going on, our own insecurities. We put our eyes on ourselves. But man, Peter walked on water. Because here's the deal. There's going to be all these things in our life that bring fear and that bring anxiety, just like when Peter took his eyes off of Jesus. So this is something that's going to rob us of our peace. So for us, what does this mean? We have to readjust our eyes. We've got to always be readjusting our eyes because it's not as simple as just to say, oh, never take your eyes off of Jesus. That's really hard to do. But what if we trained our minds to constantly be readjusting our eyes to notice, ah, my eyes aren't on Jesus. Got to get them back on. Readjust. Get back on Jesus. Then the last part of the verse, because they trust you. So it said, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust you. So if you turn this verse upside down, it would look like this. Because they trust you, because you trust in God, you can keep your eyes on Jesus and you will have perfect peace. See, if we really trusted God, we wouldn't worry nearly as much. If we really trusted God, we wouldn't have to feel like we are in control of everything. If we really trusted God, we could live in so much more peace because we know who is in control and because we know he is good. And it all starts with the transformation of our minds. The transformation of our minds. I, I don't want to stand up here today and act like any of this is easy. This is not easy. I am preaching to myself today more than anybody. Like this is hard to do and this is not a quick fix. This happens over a long period of time, right? Like we're hoping that we are better at this day by day, but hopefully in 10 years I've got more peace than I do now. And we can slowly grow in this area because there are lots of fears. There are lots of anxieties and anxiety is real, right? Most of us have anxiety about things or at times or in situations, but, but then some of us have an anxiety disorder. This is a very different thing, right? This is something you need to see a doctor or a therapist about. That is not what I am. But anxiety is natural. 
Just anxiety itself is natural. It's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, here's what I mean. If, if I'm on a mountain and I'm coming to the edge of a cliff, my body should start to feel with anxiety about right now. And it's a signal telling me, you're about to die. <laughs> Back up, you've gotten too close to the edge. It's a signal. So here's, here's your next point. Anxiety is not a sin, it's a signal. I've been anxious all week about getting up here and talking about peace. <laughs> it's ironic. It's a signal. It's not a sin, it is a signal. Jason Hale, um, our Nolensville campus pastor, said this this week, and I had to quote him on it. He said, peace is a promise, but so are troubles. Peace is a promise, but so are troubles. So, like, we're going to have troubles in this world, and if you don't right now, praise God, but we know they're coming. Like, we're all going to have troubles at some point, but when anxiety hits, what do we do? Well, like we said, it's a signal. So what is it a signal for? Here's your next point. A signal to pause. It's a signal to pause. Be still and know that I am God. So anxiety hits, fear hits in your life. It's a signal for us to go, stop. Be still and know that God is bigger. God is better. God is in control. Second thing, it's a signal to pray. It's a signal to pray. So when anxiety hits, we go, okay, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm casting my cares on you because I know you care for me and you can handle this. I can't do anything about it. I have no control, but you can, and I trust you. Then the last thing, it's a signal to praise. It's a signal to praise. Worship is a weapon, right? It changes your focus from me to him. It changes our minds from an earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective, and literally, when we are praising God, you are pushing back darkness. It all starts as that transformation of our minds, this renewing of our minds where we learn to take our thoughts captive. And instead of just dwelling over these fears and these anxieties and these stressors that are constantly hitting, we train our minds to go, give it to God. Give it to God. He is in control. Romans 12.2 says this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Like, listen, let's be honest. The pattern of our world right now is filled with fear and anxiety. But be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Believers, this is something that we should stand out in our world as a people of peace. And it looks so much different than everybody around us. So much of this fruit is connected to our minds. Like, let me ask you this. What do you, where do you go, like, what do you do when you get bad news? Like, where does your mind go when you get bad news? Does it just dwell on it? and it just internalize it, and I'm just sitting in this stress and this fear and, and this anxiety, or do I go, okay, give it to God. Give it to God. I'm running to God with this because he is the one in control, and I'm not. He is bigger. <laughs> Whatever I'm afraid of, he is bigger. He's bigger than the fears, the anxieties, the stressors, my insecurities, whatever those are, my circumstances. He is what if we all said to ourselves, every time we had a fear or a worry or an anxiety, we would just say, I can't dwell on my fear, God is too big. I can't dwell on my fear, God. What if we said it to our fear? 
Like you just look at your fear, you say, listen, fear. <laughs> Might sound silly. You just say, fear, I'm not dwelling on you. My God's bigger than you. He's in control of you. I'm not going to let you take space in my mind. Philippians 4, 6 through 8 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, you may not have realized this verse was connected to that. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And so Paul is going, hey, listen, don't be anxious. Give it to God. And then think on the good things. (laughs) Think on positive things. Jesus wants us to have this perfect peace. Now, I want to be clear. I want to be extra clear because perfect peace for us is not going to look like, okay, I've got perfect peace. Now everything feels like I'm at the beach. <laughs> it's not going to feel like that. No, it, it's, it's even when I'm in the middle of the storm, I can still have this peace that surpasses understanding because I have Jesus, because he is with me. Here's your, here's your next point. Perfect peace is not temporary. Perfect peace is not temporary. We're talking about this, this beach vacation, right? Like, like some of you may be looking forward to, maybe you got a beach vacation planned at fall break. I do. Um, and you're hoping like, man, this is going to finally bring me some peace. Right? I'm going to get away from work and I'm just going to get some peace. Unless there's traffic or the accommodations that you got didn't work out the way they were supposed to, or it rains all week long and you don't get to enjoy the sun and the beach, or even if everything goes perfect all week long, that weekends, and you come back to the real world, to your jobs, to whatever stressors or fears and anxieties you've been living in. Perfect peace, though, is not temporary. This is the world's peace is temporary. The next one, perfect peace is not circumstantial. Perfect peace is not circumstantial. Like, I only have peace when things are going my way, when I feel in control. And listen, these two things, these are the defining factors of the difference between the world's peace and the believer's peace, is that we can have this perfect peace no matter what is going on around us, no matter what kind of storm has hit. Not that we're enjoying it, but that we can trust God and he can bring his peace inside of it, even though it's hard, even though it's scary. I want to read you a story in Luke 8, 23-25, where Jesus calms the storms for his disciples. I want you to look at this, verse 22. One day Jesus said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into the boat and they set out, and they sailed. He fell asleep. A squall came down on the lake, so that the boat was being swamped, and they were in great Danger. So this giant storm has come in over their boat. Um, it's the kind of storm that sinks boats and kills fishermen, right? And they, they, the, they are panicking. The disciples are absolutely panicking. Jesus is sleeping through all of it. Why? Well, because he is in control of it. So that's cool. Um, and then verse 24, the disciples went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. 
And you can maybe just imagine if you can put yourself on that boat, like it is being rocked all over the place. Water, wind, lightning, thunder. I mean, it is being filled. The whole boat's being filled with water. Like they would have probably gone to Jesus and been like shaking him and being like, Master, do you, do you see this? And then look what they're going to say to Jesus. They're going to say, Teacher, do you care if we drown? Do you care if we drown? And clearly this is a passive-aggressive question, right? Like they're not sitting down to have an intellectual conversation with Jesus on where he stands on them drowning versus not drowning. This is very much a don't you care if we drown, Jesus. Why are they asking this question? Because they think Jesus doesn't care. Ever felt that way? Where there's this storm going on in your life and you're just like, do, does Jesus even care? Does he even notice? And you're like, Jesus, there's all these terrible things happening in my life. Like my career isn't what I thought it would be. I'm really struggling relationally with my spouse or my kids or my boss or my coworkers. Loved ones are getting sick. I'm struggling with this. I'm still a slave to my sins. Like, Jesus, don't you care? He got up and he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. The storm subsided and all was calm. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. The disciples were afraid because they had no control over that storm and they knew they had no control. But what they forgot is that Jesus was in the boat with them and he is in control. Oftentimes, I think we become afraid when we lose our illusion of control. And I say illusion of control because we feel like we're in control until we realize we never were in the first place right? It's an illusion. We aren't in control of anything. And Jesus, he calmed the storm in this story, but in our lives, like, he may not calm the storm the way we want him to, or when we want him to, or how we want him to, but we can trust him because he's in the boat with us. Here's your next point. Take your eyes off of what you can't control and put them on who is in control. Take your eyes off of what you can't control and put them on who is in control. This is my eyes are stayed on you. And so what can we control? Honestly, very little, right? We can go to God in prayer. We can read our Bibles. And and listen, reading our Bibles is no small thing, right? This is not just an ancient text with some good advice. Hebrews 4.12 says it is alive and active, so going, getting in our word is huge. Praising God for these good things in our lives. That he is good even in the midst of the storm. I'll never forget, um, we all have these times in our lives where that illusion of control is completely stripped away. Um, for, for me, one of those times happened a couple years ago. And my youngest son, Brady, he was probably a year and a half at the time. He's, he's three and a half now. And he woke up in the middle of the night one night and just struggling to breathe. He had strider, and so at that age, they have really thin airwaves to begin with, and this was like the, you know, the, his all pushing in on his airwaves, and so he woke up, and he is just like, <gasps> just over and over and over, and so we're, we're getting him, and we're getting my other son, and we are getting in the car to bring them to the ER, and so we are driving, we are on the way there, we're trying to get there as fast as we can. It's the middle of the night, and we're, we're driving, and, and Brady is in the back seat, and he is just, <gasps> just struggling to breathe, and then all of a sudden, he just stopped breathing. One of the scariest moments of my life. 
He just stopped breathing, so we pulled over the car. We got him out of the car, and we started getting him outside in the cold air, and we're, like, bouncing him up and down. My wife is calling an ambulance to come meet us on the side of the road, and he starts to breathe again. He's going, <gasps> just, strugg- just struggling, so we're waiting on that ambulance to get there, and it didn't take long. And then I had to, they got there, and, we, you know, we put him in the ambulance, and my wife went with them, and then I took my other son um, in our car. And I just remember watching that ambulance drive away. And this feeling of just complete helplessness. That illusion of control was gone. There was literally nothing I could contribute but to run to God and pray. And that's what I did. It was in that moment that I just ran to God and I prayed. It was over and over and over. God help, God help, God help. God help. And he's, he ended up being in the hospital for a couple days but he's, he's doing great now. But man, it, it was those moments that you realize how little control you have to begin with. Because it wasn't that I lost control, it's that I never had it. <laughs> and that understanding is a shift in our perspective that God is always in control. James 4.8 says this, Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Come near to God and he will come near to you. This is an incredible promise that no matter where we're at in our lives, what we're struggling with, what we're going through is that we can reach out to God and he is going to be there for us. It's like Peter, when he took his eyes off of Jesus, what does he do? He reaches out and Jesus saves him when he sinks. Come near to God and he will come near to you. God is not a God of fear. He's a God of peace and he's in the boat with us. He was in the ambulance with my son. (laughs) He was in the car with me. God is with you no matter where you are, what you're going through, and this is where our peace comes from. You know, we all, we we are just as a society, just who we are, human nature, we are me-focused, right? And so when we think about peace, we think about how can we have peace? How can I have peace? But here's the beautiful part of when we do have peace is that we get to bring that everywhere we go. We get to be a non-anxious presence every single place that we go. And so let me ask you, like, is your home more peaceful when you are there? Is your workplace more peaceful when you are there? Is your uh, school or your drama-filled friends more peaceful when you are around? Are you that calming presence? Are you a peacemaker? Are you a peacemaker. When something at work goes wrong and everybody else is panicking, are you the calm voice, right? Are you that non-anxious presence? Because we have the ability to be peace everywhere we go to everyone we come in contact with. Matthew 5, 9 says this, blessed are the peacemakers for they will be called the children of God. I remember when I was little, I don't know how old I was, probably like six or seven, Um, I don't know what I did. I did something to bring peace. I was a peacemaker in some way. I don't even remember what happened. But I remember my dad pulled me aside, and he set me down. He pulled out his wallet and gave me a dollar, which at the time felt like a lot. And he said, I'm giving this to you because you were a peacemaker. And God says, blessed are the peacemakers. I've, I've never forgotten that. When we walk in peace, we don't have to get caught up in the earthly things anymore. 
We don't have to get caught up in trivial things and the hurtful actions of others or in temporary things because I'm looking at everything differently now. I'm looking at you differently now through a God lens, not an earthly lens. Like my stuff um, through a new lens, my coworkers through a new lens. Like there's no longer a jerk guy at work anymore. Now there's just this unsaved, lost soul that hasn't received the grace that I have yet. And, and I don't deserve it any more than he does. So I'm going to go and be love to that person and be peace around that person. It changes your lens, your view, the way that you see things. And sometimes to make peace with people, we have to put our own personal preferences aside. Right? We have to put our own personal preferences aside. Sometimes to make peace with people, we have to put that above being right. <laughs> that can be hard for some of us to do. And some of you might be thinking like, hey, you don't, I've tried to make peace with this person. I've tried over and over and over. It's not happening. Hebrews 12, 14 says this, make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Another version would say, as far as it depends on you, make peace with everyone. So sometimes we can't, but we should be making every effort Make every effort for peace. Because here's, here's the thing. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. And so the more we stay connected with God, the more, that we, um, the more that we are in his word, the more that we are in prayer, the more that we are walking in the spirit, the more evident these, this fruit is going to become in our lives. I, I want to end this way. If you would, just kind of put your hands out like this, just kind of in a posture of receiving. Um, I want you to close your eyes. And, and what I want to do is I want to read some scripture over you to end today. And I, the band's going to come out and listen, I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what fears and anxieties you have. I don't know what storms you are currently walking through. But here's what I know. Jesus is in the boat with you, whatever you are going through. Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. John 14.27. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Deuteronomy 31.6, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified. Because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. 2 Thessalonians 3.16, now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord will be with all of you. Psalm 27, 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Colossians three fifteen. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace and be thankful. 
Isaiah 12, 2, surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord himself is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Psalm 16, 8, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Philippians 4, 9, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Psalm 46.10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Romans 15.13, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Psalm 29, 11. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Isaiah 26.3, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast, <laughs> are stayed on you because they trust you. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. Click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.